You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Listen, today I want to minister to you on the topic of miracles in momentum. How many know that momentum, there's a spiritual momentum that everyone needs to have? That momentum, when you have it, will cause a greater impact spiritually in your life. The more momentum, the greater the impact. It's something that you'll find throughout the scriptures that spiritual momentum was an element for every miracle. In John 5, 4, if you remember the story, there was an angel that came down and stirred the water. And it says in the scripture that the, the person that first stepped in was healed. In other words, they stepped into the momentum of that water. Another miracle you find in the Old Testament in 2 Kings 4, 3, was a woman who only had a cruise of oil left. And the prophet said to help her out, go out and borrow not just a few, but many vessels that are empty, he said. And so she borrows them, brings them back, and then she says, what do we do? And she says, go into the room and start pouring. So as the momentum of the oil began to pour out, there was another vessel put in, and another vessel put in. It was, the miracle was done through momentum. And the miracle stopped when the momentum stopped in, in, the, in the woman's house. Listen, to you, listen. many of you, you've been through many you know, adversities and trials. And because of that, some of you, your spiritual momentum has been quenched. And we want to get it to back in this service. We want to get back the momentum that God gave us when we first met him that gives, that propels us into our prayer life, that propels us into witnessing, that propels us into the things that God has called us to do. The Bible says that we are to go from faith to faith, from strength to strength, from glory to glory. There's a momentum in your faith. And sometimes what we do is we get a victory and then we kind of chill out and lose the momentum. I want you to get your momentum back today. Are you with me, everybody? Come on, give God praise. He wants to give you some spiritual momentum in your life. Now, I'm going to be reading from uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 3, concerning a church that had lost its momentum. So let me turn here. And if you get your Bibles, just go ahead and open up in your car, wherever. And those watching us online, and let me show you this verse. Okay. It's in Revelation 3.14 says this. And to the angel of the church at Laodiceeth write. Angel is the Greek word angelos. It means messenger. Could be directed specifically to the pastor. It says, I, uh, he, he says to the, to the uh, or excuse me, to the church of the Laodiceeth write. These things says the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. In other words, Jesus is the one that created all things. He's telling you this. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Now, that sounds a little negative in the beginning, but keep this in mind. The Lord wants to root out something that's preventing them from being uh, fruitful. And one of the things that I think we need to remember as Christians is when you study the seven prophecies to the seven churches, we all say this, this is the condition of the latter day church. 
the church at Laodicea. But the condition of the Latter-day Church is not to remain lukewarm. It is to repent from losing your spiritual momentum. In other words, Jesus is coming back for a church that has responded in this prophecy and is no longer going to be lukewarm, no longer going to be unenthusiastic, no longer going to lose that spiritual momentum that they lost during this time. So this prophecy was towards the church 2,000 years ago, but because it's written down, it's for us today so that we can make sure that doesn't happen to us. Can you say amen, everybody? Now, it's important you understand this, that this spiritual momentum we're talking about is something that the devil always tries to bring on us so that the miraculous don't happen. Miracles come from sacrifice. They come from spiritual momentum. And if you pull back that momentum, there's just some things you can't get done. I've said it for years in the service when I'm ministering to people through the laying on of hands, that when the anointing falls, you got to operate quickly because it can lift. People say, well, pray for me afterwards. I, I will, but it's not the same as when the anointing falls. There's a momentum that the Spirit of God will give every one of us. And today I believe that some of you are going to get some momentum that is going to take you over the top, that is going to bring you into the blessing of God, that is going to bring you to the place of more than enough with plenty left over. I want you to write this down for reference. Ephesians 4.12. It describes what has to happen before Jesus comes back. And the verse goes like this. It says this. It says that God has given the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher for the work of the ministry, for the equipping of the saints. And then he makes this statement, until we come to the unity of the faith. Say amen, unity of the faith. And to a perfect man and to the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, that's what we're, we're headed towards. Not a weakened version of Christ. Not a, 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 you know, a small Christ, but a strong Christ in his fullness. And we've seen the revelation of this over years. I remember 20 years ago when the Word of Faith movement came out and people were beginning to talk about how important it was what you said. And that's what James said. He said, the only way you can be perfect is if you bridle your tongue. And then on the heels, that was the grace message. And the grace message teaches you who you can be in Christ. And that helps fill up the stature of Christ. These things are necessary before the end comes. And so the church needs the enthusiasm from the revelation of God's word to do the works that Jesus did. To do the things that go over the top. We need that in our life. Always remember this, that great love needs great faith. If you want to have great love in your life, you're going to have to great faith. If you don't have great faith, you won't. Because how many know that when you walk in unconditional love, you're going to love people unconditionally. And if you don't, if you're not the kind of person that has great faith and can believe that person can change and believe that God can bless that person, you'll never be able to love them to the degree that God wants you to love them. And so this message today is really to help us fulfill the purpose that God has called us to. 
And a lot of you here today, you need this boost. You need this enthusiasm. You need this energy because you need to have this momentum in your life, in your prayer life, on your job, wherever you need this spiritual momentum. And with it, you'll be able to go over the top. And with it, you'll be able to be more than a conqueror. But without it, you'll be weak and you'll feeble and you will not be what God wants you to be. Now, I want you to, to, I want you to listen to these verses. They start in verse 17. And he begins to lay down the condition of these individuals and explain what lukewarmness is. And it says this, Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich in white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not or may be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. I wanted to bring out a truth about that. What does he mean when he says, I want you to get gold refined in fire? What does he mean by that? Well, do you remember the teaching of Jesus did in the Sermon on the Mount where he said this? He said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Remember, he doesn't just say money. He says mammon. Mammon is a Greek word that speaks of the spirit of money. And the spirit of money is, is, is wound up in cultures that take God out of, out of the government and put the, gov or the government before God. It's called a spirit of mammon. A spirit of mammon is when you believe that the government can take care of all your needs. When you believe that money will take care of all your needs. That's what the spirit, spirit is. These people that had lost their momentum were individuals that had stopped putting God first. They were trusting in the Roman Empire. They were trusting in the Roman government. They were trusting in the welfare system of Rome at that time. Because many of you don't know this, but Rome went through a transition. Just like America has went through. There was a time when the needy and so forth were taken care of by the religious institutes. But then they came to a place where they took on that responsibility and they taxed everybody. And they forced them to pay all these exorbitant prices so that they could have this welfare system. It was the spirit of mammon. It was in the Roman culture, just like it's in the American culture today, where we trusted our government to solve the problem rather than trusting our creator. In other words, we're going to have to put God first and let him be the one over our economy. Let him be the one that takes care of us financially and not look for the government for a bailout. Say amen, everybody. It's nothing more than a form of socialism where the government provides everything that you want. The early church was solely responsible for the needy, for those, the widows, everyone knew that it was their responsibility. God, from the very beginning, said through free will offerings, you should take care of those people. But he also put conditions on it and said this. He's, these are some of the conditions. If you don't work, you don't eat. Say amen. And the people that couldn't work, they were provided for. But the ones that could, they had to work or they weren't provided for. 
but when you put it over in the hands of the government, it changes. We give housing to drug addicts so they can continue to take their drugs. We provide uh, phones for them so that they can call up and talk to their dealers. We provide drugs for them so that they can get high on our dime. That is the spirit of mammon that is in the world of America today. And so you can understand why the latter church has lost its momentum because we've quit trusting God and we're trusting man. We're trusting our culture to take care of us. When God is our source, God is our power, God is the ability to give us the breakthrough in our lives. Amen. And so I believe that if we would just continue to put God first, we'll have a constant flow of his favor in our life. It's all about seed time and off, uh, uh, offerings. It's when you sow today, tomorrow's seed comes. And there's a supernatural return that God gives you on your giving. A supernatural return that he does in your life. It's depending on God rather than depending on Social Security, rather than depending on this world system to take care of you. And so, church, listen, I want you to have momentum. I want you to have momentum that the power of God can continue to flow in your life and we can see the salvation of God work on our life in a great way, in a powerful way, and that God can do the great things that He's called us to do. Now, let me give you one more highlight of truth out of the book of Revelation. It's hard to read this, but the next verse, he says this. He said that he loves them, and he rebukes, and he chastens those he loves. Now, that's so powerful because he defines by the very actions what rebukes of the Lord is and what chastening is of the Lord. He didn't chasten them with financial problems. He didn't chasten them with sickness and disease. None of those things happen. He chastened them with his word. Satan's the one that's come to steal, kill, and destroy. God punished Jesus on the cross of Calvary so that we would not have to be punished. God is pouring out grace. When God gives us his word, he's telling us, this, you do this, it'll correct it. You do this, you're going to get blessed. You do this, you're going to get a breakthrough. And we need to understand that, that God loves us. And God is giving us his word so that we can prevail, so that we can succeed, so that we can go over the top in our life. Come on, give God praise, everybody. Hallelujah. There's a story in the Bible that, of Joshua a man who had momentum. And I'm going to show you what will stop momentum and what will keep it going. His name was, name was Joshua. He was a predecessor of Moses. But remember, Moses did some fantastic things by the Spirit, and he has to walk in the same shoes. And so the first miracle that God does for him is this. He says, I'm going to exalt you in front of everybody. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take all the people, line up, and I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant and go towards the Jordan. As soon as the, the priest's feet touch the water, it will pile up. And you'll be able to go across in dry land. That was the first miracle that he saw under his ministry. And so they all walked across and realized, all right, Joshua's anointed by God just like Moses. They're fired up about it. But then as the story goes on, he faces now Jericho one of the strongest strongholds in the promised land. If you don't take Jericho, you don't get the rest of the promised land. 
and an angel of the Lord appears to him and gives him directions. And here's what he tells him. I want you to have your guys walk around Jericho seven days, seven times, and on the seventh day, I want down. But there's one condition. I want everybody to be silent for seven days. That in itself is a miracle, keeping people quiet for seven days. Amen? But they went ahead and did it, and we know the end of the story where they shouted and the walls came down. But what's even greater is they went and they were mighty men of warrior, warriors inside of Jericho. And not one of their people perished. There was not one casualty of war in that battle. They won hands down. Joshua is going from victory to victory. He's got momentum. He's excited. And so, but God had told him with Jericho, there's only one thing I want. As you take the city, don't let anybody in your group take any, anything from Jericho because it is the tithe for the rest of the promised land. Leave everything in there. It's mine. And you remember Achan took some money in Babylonian garments and went out. And then when they sent up men to the city of Ai, which was a smaller city, they were defeated and lost 45 men. They were killed first time. He loses his momentum. Why? Because of sin. Please understand something. You can be going from victory to victory to victory to victory and step out into sin and it can stop you. But all you got to do is repent. And if you repent, God will get you back in the saddle and get you the blessings going again. Sin can stop your momentum in your life. So listen, guys. Watch what you're looking at. Watch what you're thinking. Because sin can stop your momentum. It can stop the victory in your life. Ladies, think about it. Sin can stop your momentum. We need to be people of spiritual momentum in our lives. Now, what's powerful about this is that with this momentum, you have a greater impact in your life. If you remember the story, after they got the victory of Ai, God gave them some victory to do, a way to do it. He says, I want you to go in there and act like you're retreating, and then I'm, you're going to ambush. In other words, God gave them wisdom to get it going again. Sometimes we need wisdom to get it going again. We need wisdom in our marriage to get it going again. We need wisdom in our business to get it going again. And God is willing to do that to give you momentum. And then as you read on, as Joshua is going through, they're getting victory after victory after victory. And then one day, they're in battle, and he realizes there's not enough daylight to completely defeat these people. So he gets up and commands the sun to stand still, and God stopped the universe to keep the momentum going. And gave him another 24 hours so that he could completely destroy his enemies. God wants the momentum in your life to completely wipe out what has been hindering you. Completely wipe out what's keeping your marriage from thriving. Completely wipe out what is keeping the increase from overflowing in your life. He wants that. He desires that so much in your life. But it's something, my friend, that you have to understand and you have to embrace it with all your heart and with all your strength. It's like the story of Elijah. He's, he knows that his days are, are about over and he's about ready to go to paradise. And the king comes to him because he knows he's dying. And he's worried about the Syrian army that they've been fighting. 
So the prophet tells him, he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this arrow and I want you to shoot it out of the window. And he says, I want you to completely, notice how, I, how he says it, completely destroy the Syrians at Alphac. Not partially, completely. And then take an arrow and shoot in the ground. And every time you shoot in the ground, it represents victory over the Syrians. He starts to shoot, and he stops short of what he should shoot. And the prophet gets angry. He says, if you would have shot more, you would have destroyed. In other words, there was a momentum. But he didn't stay on the momentum. He settled for just enough. He settled not for more than enough, but he settled just to get by. And sometimes we lose momentum that way. We just settle just to get by. Well, I'm going to change enough just to keep my wife happy. Or I'm going to just change enough to keep my husband happy. Or I'm going to just back off just enough to keep the children happy. And there's not this persistence to press in until you get the total victory that God wants you to have because within that great victory is breakthrough. Momentum comes from victory. It comes from victory. Don't sit on your laurels. Don't sit on your crown. Get up and fight another battle. There's something else to obtain. There's something else to reach for. There's more than just getting enough to live on for you. He wants us to excel in the works of God and the power of God in our life. Come on, church. Give Him praise this morning. Yes, Jesus, we love you so much. Listen, I want to close with a truth that is so dear to me, but it's one that I believe causes spiritual momentum uh, better than anything else, and that is faith. Romans 10, 17 says this, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This Word. Not just what someone says, but when someone preaches this word, in faith, faith comes. This is more than human faith. This faith comes from God. It's the faith of God that you receive when you hear his word and you believe what you hear. It comes inside of you and you can do, and there's no limits on it at all when that happens. To give you a story of this in the Bible, in Acts chapter 10, verse 3 and 6, there was a man by the name of Cornelius. Cornelius was a centurion. A centurion is an officer in the Roman Empire, and a centurion uh, is in charge of 80, or uh, in, they're in charge of 80 different legions, which comes up to 6,400 men that were under their control. So here's an officer with a lot of people underneath him. He's praying. Now he's a pagan. He doesn't know God, but he believes there is a God. He doesn't know Jesus. Doesn't even know the Jewish version of God. He's just a, a Roman officer who believes there must be a God. And he's praying. He's very generous. He gives money to people. And God sends an angel to him. Now understand, this guy does not know God. He sends an angel to him in a vision. And the angel said, the Lord has heard you pray, and he wants you to go send some men to a certain area, Joppa, and there's a man by the name of Simon Peter. 
and I want you to invite him to come to the house, and then I want you to do whatever he tells you to do. This is the Apostle Peter. Now, if you read back a few chapters, you'll realize the Apostle Peter had been arrested by the Romans and was sentenced to die and had escaped supernaturally. So this is really unusual what is happening. But this guy realizes God's speaking to him, so he tells his soldiers, you go out and you go to Joppa and ask for Simon Peter. Simon Peter, in the meantime, is on the rooftop of Joppa. He has a vision of the unclean and unclean animals, and God repeats it three times, says, what I make clean is clean. He still don't get it. And the Holy Spirit says, go with the men that are, on the, that are knocking at the door right now. He goes with these soldiers to Cornelius' house. Now, my question to you is simply this. Why didn't the angel preach the gospel to the centurion why did he preach it to Cornelius why did Peter have to come because the gospel is not allowed angels are not allowed to preach the gospel that is something that we are called to do because when we preach the gospel in faith faith comes from God a supernatural faith that gives you the ability to do the impossible that's why it's so important that we witness the faith that's why it's so important we share the faith that's why it's so important we go into all the world and preach the gospel because we've been given that task now why did Peter have to come and preach a message because faith comes by hearing hearing it don't come just by stories it comes by stories that are taught from scripture that have faith in it when a testimony has faith in it it is depart imparted in the person and miracles and healing and deliverance and demons are, si are, are cast out and people are set free through the word we need this in the church. We need the faith of God imparted in us to overcome the mountains and the problems and the things in government that are so corrupt. We need God's power. And it is released by the faith of God when you hear the gospel preached. And that's why I say faith comes by hearing and hearing. It's more powerful than human faith. Human faith has ability that you can develop man's abilities through it but divine faith has no limits to give you an example in uh, uh, the great uh, Olympian his name was Bolt he's recorded as the fastest man recorded on earth he ran 100 meters in 23.5 miles an hour that's how fast he was but that's human faith you look back in history and you find Elijah. Elijah ran in front of Ahab's chariots from Jezreel all the way to Judah, which was 50 miles, not 200 meters. And the horses, a horse can run up to 43 miles an hour. Elijah was running out front of those horses for 50 miles because the faith of God was inside of him and the anointing of God came in his heart and the power of God enabled him to do things that could not be done normally. They were done supernaturally. The momentum of faith, the momentum 
momentum of speaking the word will change you and transform your life in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone. Give God praise. Woo! Thank you, Lord. I want all of you to build your faith from Scripture. There's a lot of things that I may say in my own prayer life that I can do, but they're always grounded in the Word. I don't just say I can do all things. I can say I can do all things because your Word says I can do this. And I, I, that's how you develop faith. And the more you say it, the more it develops inside of you. It'll drive out cancer. It'll drive out leukemia. It'll drive out arthritis. It'll drive out poverty. It'll remove every mountain. But you've got to get His Word inside of you. Yeah, I'm guilty. I'm a Word preacher. Because the Word's what sets you free. Not someone's good looks. Not their ability to speak. What sets you free is the word that is preached under the anointing. That's what sets you free. That's what makes you possible to do the impossible. That's what moves every mountain. That's what tears down the walls in your life. That's what causes the healing power of God to rise up inside of you and minister by the Holy Ghost and power. Wow. Come on, church. Someone say, I love Jesus. Someone say, he's awesome. Someone say, I give praise to God. He is so good. Praise God. Listen, those of you watching me online, you listen to what I'm saying. We're out here in the, in the moment of God's Spirit, but God's there. God's everywhere. His Spirit is there, and you need to know something. This faith becomes available to you when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. And those of you in the cars today, you listen to me. This is something that is supernatural. The Bible said you must be born again to inherit the kingdom of God. Born again doesn't mean that you were water baptized. Born again means that you experienced a supernatural experience in your life. When you came to the end of your road... And you said, Jesus, I'm believing on you. And you made him Lord of your life. And you received his sacrifice and Calvary for you. And there was a spiritual transformation that happened to you. You know, I've been in this a long time. And you can tell people that are born of the Spirit and those who are just religious. See, it's such a powerful experience. It's greater than getting a bonus. It's greater than even having a new child. It's greater than getting a new home. It's greater than a blind eyes being open. It's greater than a physical healing. It is one that sins in your life are lifted off you because you decided one day I'm going to accept Christ as my Savior. Now, wherever you're sitting right now, if you need to make the decision for Jesus, I want you to roll on your window or stick your hand out and wave at me, and we're going to pray pray this prayer for you those watching us online get ready to pray for pray this because it will change you it will transform you thank you for that hand there god bless you father in the name of jesus we thank you for what you're doing and i pray right now for those at home those in the cars and say this with me father god thank you for sending jesus to die for me two thousand years ago Thank you that he was the ultimate sacrifice on the cross and I'm confessing him as Lord in my life. And I give you praise for it from this day forward. You're on the center of my heart. Father, thank you right now for igniting this. Thank you right now, Father, for refreshing them in peace.
peace and victory. And more than that, Father, I thank you that they're going to begin to reign in life. They're going to begin to prevail in life. They're going to begin to go over the top in life. And Lord, we give you praise for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.